This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. None more so than motivation for that feeling at Wembley at the final whistle. The days after it, horrible feeling in the pit of your stomach. It doesn't go away to sort of put that right and have a different feeling in nine months' time. The main lesson we can learn from last season is even if we do have a bad run of a few games, we know we can come back from it. We did it in spectacular fashion last year. I hope uh, if we do lose a few games, it's certainly not going to extend to the amount that it did during that September, October. There were you know, reasons for that. And we saw that once we got the players back, you know, we were a different team. The heartbreak and hurt from last season will linger in our hearts and minds for a very long time. But with the new campaign kicking off on Saturday, Nigel Clough is right. It's not about what happened. It's all about the lessons and simply what happens next. There's no doubt that the weight of expectation has grown and the interest peaked. A look at our phenomenal season ticket sales will tell you all you need to know. We just can't allow that to hold us back. If anything, we just pick up from where we left off and push on to our intended destination. Tonight, we'll take a final look back at pre-season. Ask the big question, are we ready? As journos and outsiders pile on the pressure... Or as Maka says, what pressure? We know what we need to do this year, so we put pressure on ourselves anyway. We'll also give our assessment of the squad and no doubt talk systems again. We'll also discuss off-the-pitch matters too, as the match day programme is discontinued. And heartbreakingly, perhaps only for me, I'm forced to hang up my headphones. Plus we'll have your comments, questions, opinions and everything in between in the live feed as you have your say on your team, on the show, for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. The new season is just around the corner and we cannot wait to get it started. Hello and welcome to the Mansfield Matters podcast, the show for the fans, by the fans. Series six of the podcast, episode four, road to go again, desperately hoping that this is the season that we get out of League Two. As always, we welcome you to have your say on your team in the comments. Anything you want to say, Mansfield Town related, get them in on the live feed and we'll try and read some of them out. We've got lots to talk about tonight. My name's Craig Priest. Let's find out who's joining me on this journey. Who's bothered to remember that we're doing a podcast tonight? Who's logged on to get involved? Let's find out by having a little browse around our Mansfield Matters podcast panel and say hello and good evening to the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Alan Wilson. Good evening. Good evening, uh, Craig, and good evening, everybody. 
the man who's over in Edwinstone, who had the pleasure of my company on Saturday at Oldham in what was an away following of about 10. It's Mr. Clive Parking. Good evening. Hello, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And the man who's been so elusive, he's had to set 70,000 reminders on his phone and he's finally got the right day. It's the man, the myth, the legend, the longest serving member of the podcast other than me, the blind stag, a.k.a. Nathan Ed. Come in, Nathan. Oh, my God, he's actually not going to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, my days, Nathan, my friend. Oh, this is what happens when you log on whilst the, the intro's playing and have not tested your microphone. No, still not going to be. <laughs> no, no. That's brilliant. Nothing, nothing's happening, mate. <laughs> oh, my oh, days. Man. Oh, Nathan. Oh, I love you, but oh, I don't know what's happening. He's, he's given up. He's absolutely give it, given up. He's, he's, he'll try and refresh it. Whilst he does that, um, let's... Uh... <laughs> Honestly, this is uh, <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Only that could happen to Nathan. Whilst he does that, uh, let's uh, delve right into the podcast. <laughs> I can't get over that. Oh, that's, that's proper cheering Proper cheering up. Just goes to show how lacklustre... And um, unplanned this show is. Uh, let's start by delving straight in to uh, the news. Um, well, we'll talk squad numbers later on, actually. Let's actually reflect on the final pre-season friendly at uh, Oldham Clive. We were, you know, one of about uh, two people that were there. So, uh, yeah, how was it for you? Uh, a, a nice little day out. Yeah, I think you've underestimated with two. Um <laughs> I think there was 90-something there of, of Stags fans amongst a uh, uh, total crowd of just under a 1,000. Um, it was an empty stadium to all accounts, uh, but it was good to watch them play. They they put some good stuff together. I think um, Oldham are way behind in their preparation compared to us, so I don't, um, I don't think the scoreline was uh, reflective of where they would hope to be in two weeks' time, but we, took, we scored three good goals, and I did enjoy the day out. Yeah, we were saying, weren't we, on last week's podcast, Alan, about what we wanted from the friendly. And I think when Nigel Clough looks back at it, I don't know whether he'll be a little bit frustrated because for me, at that stage of pre-season, you want a real test. And Oldham, like Clive said, were just not anywhere near it. They were playing about five or six try lists. They looked all over the shop. And, uh, you know, if I was an Oldham fan, I'd be very worried, actually. I'm going to say, because <clears throat> they went uh, down, didn't they, last year? So uh, they are going to struggle with the sound of it. But, yeah, like you said, you know, it, could, it would have been nice to have a better opposition. But at the end of the day, you can only beat what's in front of you, I suppose. So it got, you know, what he needed to get out of it, you know, i.e. positions. I gather Kellen Gordon was back. There was one or two back. So uh, it, it, he was happy with it, with the sound of things. Yeah, it certainly was. Uh, let us know your thoughts on the Oldham game in the comments if you uh, if you wish to do so. Get involved and have your say on your team. Questions, comments, opinions, all of that good stuff. Get involved uh, right now. Don has kicked us off tonight. It says, three more sleeps till our Christmas day. Absolutely, I'm sure we're all counting down for that away trip to Salford as well. Phil says, let's get no injuries like we got last year. Uh, I think we might already be past that stage, to be honest, Phil. Uh, Chris says, evening all. Can't wait to get it started this weekend. E-I-E-I-E-O, up the football league we go. And Phil says, 2-1 to the Stags on Saturday. 
Yeah, uh, obviously Saturday is the, the big one just around the corner, but we'll we'll talk more about that later on, Clive. Let's focus on pre-season um, as, as a whole rounded thing. Phil said in the comments there, let's get no injuries like we got last year. And I think because of the short time frame in terms of last season ending, this season uh, beginning and the shortened pre-season, there are definitely a few knocks and niggles in there, which will give Nigel Clough a little bit of a headache going into that opening game against Salford on Saturday. Yeah, I actually overheard somebody discussing the injury situation and they couldn't understand how modern players get injured so easily. And the hypothesis was that because they're so fit, their bodies are in such a high level of preparation, it doesn't take much for them to twang something. Well, maybe they should slow them down a bit then because they are just a little bit brittle in my world. Um, but maybe we're being overcautious. Maybe that's the modern way in football. I don't know. In my day, you, you didn't come off a pitch unless your leg fell off. Um, but but uh, we, we have a, a squad to cover those things. I mean, the, 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 the uh, five matches we played in uh, pre-season, I think, were, generally speaking, quite comfortable. The biggest challenge we had, of course, was the draw against Rotherham. I thought that proved more than anything that we can compete. And I've not seen any of our players have a bad game, which is reassuring. That's very, very true. Talking of things falling off and people having bad games... Dear, I press this button and let him in, Alan. Because you know, if you know, if he, if he, if we we ask him a question, we can't hear him. I'm going to have to, and we're going to have to ban him from the podcast. Shall I let him in, or shall we just let him? <laughs> I, I think we ought to try him. <clears throat> Calling Nathan Edge. <laughs> He's taking the Mickey. He is, and I, I can yeah. see the smirk on his face. Yeah. Speak, speak. Oh, he's not. Actually, no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my oh, dear, Nathan. Oh, Nathan. Do you know what? Sound camera, Nathan. What I'm going to do, get your phone. Get your, get your old mobile blower out. I'm going I'm to ring you. I'm going to ring you because this is oh, just hilarious. Uh, as I plug, every, plug everything in, um, Alan. Um, yes. Squad numbers. Right <laughs> uh, have, you seen the squad, have you seen the squad numbers? No, I, I saw a bit on the media take on the iFollow because that's just updated uh, on my phone. And uh, I've noticed that Lapsley looked as if he was 25. This well, it's 32. Is, well, it's it, still... it was 32. But yeah, he got but the, squ the, the formal squad announcement has him as 32. Oh, is Hiram 14 or 44? 44. Yeah. Well, they'd got different shirts on yesterday then, you know. It's very, yeah, you, it's very much as you'd expect, Alan. The, the squad numbers make absolute sense based on the players we had and the numbers they carried last season. Yeah. Well, he's answering. He's answering. Right, I'll let Hello. you carry on, Nate. Uh, hey, we've got sound. Hello. Can you not hear me through the normal thing anyway? Nope. Even though I've ripped the microphone out? <laughs> nope. Okay. Fair enough. Did you so plug we'll... your microphone into the microwave or something? Yes, I know. No, I didn't. Oh, dear. I, I plugged it in, honestly. So anyway, I, I was saying I was happy to be back, but I've changed my mind now. Series <laughs> 6, nothing changes. I think you, you've, everybody, you know, at some point in this the Mansfield Matters podcast journey gets a, um, you know, a, a thing, don't they, of um, a, a tech issue. It was Simon for years, and now you know. Obviously, it, it's you. It, it's it's. I don't know. It's. Uh, this is what happens when you dig your kit out, literally 
Well, two minutes after we was due to come on air. Yeah, because you're never on time. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Um, well, all of us fault. He insisted on watching Elmo. Fair play. If in doubt, blame the child. Right, let's turn it back to podcast ways. You know, we may have some new viewers or listeners, so people might have not have a clue who you are because this is the first time you've been on since Wembley. Okay, then. Uh, yeah, hello. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, how are you? Are you over Wembley yet? What have you made of pre-season? Those three questions in any order you like. Go. I'm good. I'm just about over Wembley, I think. I don't want to go down that road again, to be honest. So it's all about the automatics this year, I think. Um, pre-season, it is what it is. Same every year, I think, in a sense that it's more important to look at the team sort of coming together as a whole. But what was most exciting about this preseason is getting to see all the new players and they've all actually settled in really well. So on that front, we've got so I think we have strengthened this season, which is uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how they get on in the uh, in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Right. We'll talk more about that later on. As always, get your comments in uh, and have your say on your team. Adam says, Bowery defending the ninth minute double faux pas at Oldham. Not a defender worried with Bowery. Also says, bring Narty back though. So I don't know whether to uh, to believe that full opinion or, or, or not, Clive. But, I mean, you know, everyone on this podcast knows that you're a massive Richard Narty fan. He was your player of the season uh, last season. He has now signed for Salford. So which end are you in on Saturday? Um, I'm quite happy he's gone to Salford. So is Reese Oates. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 to be fair, and I, we all take the mickey out of the situation, to be fair, we never saw enough of the lad to know whether he got potential or not. Um, and I, I'm, I wish him well, but not on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Simon says it'll be a tough start on Saturday. Let's hope for a result and let's not have any negative remarks if we don't. Absolutely. We'll touch more about that later on. I want to stay with pre-season for, uh, for now, Alan, and um, look at things which we've learned from it. I tried to put something together over social media over the last couple of, uh, a couple of days or so. And there are three things, really, which I think are the key talk, talking points. And I think we'll go through each one individually. Um, and I think the, the first, I think, is probably, for me, the the most important one in terms of giving us shape and giving us a renewed energy, something which we were lacking last season. And that is, you mentioned it uh, a few moments ago, the return of Kellen Gordon. Played full 90 minutes at Oldham on, on Saturday and got uh, an assist as well. And with the new system that we're playing as well, it certainly suits him. I'm, I'm so pleased to see him back fit. I'm hoping he can stay fit for the season. Yeah, he should thrive on it, shouldn't he? Because he loves going forward and he's got certainly got a burst of pace in him. He's not frightened to take a man on and he can put a, a decent ball in, you know, where when he gets to the byline. So it's all looking good in that respect. But didn't Hewitt come on? In the end, or did he go on? Is it like a centre half in place of old Jewel at Oldham? So yeah, he went. There. Yeah, went on at centre half. He played uh, oh. right, uh, right side centre half. Yeah, Gordon yeah. played full ninety. Yeah, yeah, it's, ju- it's just all uh, good news for Kellen. You know, I bet he's thinking the same as well. And if well, the, you know, the if other good, that, if he gets sorry, that the other good news about Kellen. Sorry to interrupt you, Alan. The other good news about Kellen. He did get a bash, a thwack, to use one of uh, Mr. Clough's words. And he got up and his leg was still there. So that's encouraging. Yeah, it certainly is. Uh, Nathan, you know, you've been a big advocate of uh, Kel Gordon over the uh, over the years. Um, what have you uh, what have you made of 
him playing full ninety minutes and getting back into back into the swing of things? I'm. Um, I think it's important if we're looking at going down this new system of having wing backs because I think we need somebody with that bit of pace on the right hand side. If you remember last season, so much of our attacking came down the left through Quinn and uh, and which we still need that threat, but you also need to be able to attack better from the second side, from the other side. And I think um, hopefully Gordon will bring us a bit more going forward. Um, it's just a matter of whether he'll stay fit this season. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. But he's, it's like having a new player back. So uh, we'll, we'll see how he gets on. Yeah, it is a bit of a cliche to say it, Clive, but it moves me nicely to my second point. The second thing I think we've learned from pre-season is that adaptability. You know, we talk about playing three centre-halves. We've done that all throughout pre-season. I'd be very surprised if Nigel Clough now changes his mind ahead of the, the, the Salford game, having basically practised for the last four or five weeks with a back three and, and with wing backs as well. I think a lot of people are certainly liking um, the look of it. I do have my little bit of worries, but... The adaptability side of things is players playing in a number of positions. We saw Jordan Bowery play, you know, centre half at Oldham. I know a few people weren't massively in. in the, oh, you, you you spoke through your microphone then. Make, do it again. Oh, do it back. again. Yeah, do it again. Talk now. Talk now. Okay, I'm talking. I'm here. Yeah, I can, go, carry on. Do it again. Right, the phone's off. Yes, phone is off. I've, I've faded you down. I can hear you through your microphone. Right, I'm back. S- sort of. It's a little bit bitty, but we'll let you off. Anyway, uh, what was I saying, Clive? Oh, can you imagine if this was pre-recorded, the amount of editing I'd have to do? Shocking. Anyway. Right, that's right. What was I saying? I was talking about uh, adaptability. We saw Jordan Bowery play. Come on, yeah. decorum, people. Jordan uh, Bowery doesn't belong in the centre of our defence. Full credit to him, he can adapt and the gaffer's got confidence in all of the players to f- play in positions they're not skilled at or not sufficiently skilled at. I don't like it and I, I think we should um, use Barry for what he's better at. Apart yep. from in the emergencies, in the emergencies you do what you have to do. Whether we start with three against Salford uh, or not, I don't know. I think we will. And I don't think he'll be frightened of moving to a back four if the circumstances demand it, mid-game or, or, or ahead of a different set of opposition. We'll have to wait and see. Clough tends to be his own man, as we okay. all know. Go on, you. Would, I heard something then. Can I start being controversial? Is it too you can, but you, you, we can hardly hear you. Might, you might you keep dropping in and out. I don't know what you've done. Right. Hey, go on. Try again. No, all I was going to say me, captain. And that's it. They're my two concerns. All I got was the word all I got was the word captain. Alright, right, never mind. Use your phone again. I'll ring you. <laughs> when we want you on again, I'll ring you. He's he's got a knot in his wire, hasn't he? <laughs> I don't know what he's done. It's hilarious. He's looking at him. He's absolutely fuming. Um, I think his know. dog's bitten through his cable. <laughs> Some, something has definitely happened, which I find hilarious. But, uh, um, yeah, I think my point about adaptability, Alan, was, you know, not about players playing there on a regular basis, but like sort of Clive alluded to, being able to fit in there when, you know, times are up against us, which it could likely be on um, 
on Saturday against Old, against uh, Salford. Yeah, because uh, obviously O'Toole got injured. Hewitt's only just come back. Hawkins can't play. So, you know, there's going to be some different players there. Now, is Perch available? Because, I mean, that would be our ideal scenario. Perch, Hewitt and O'Toole. But we've got Mr Harbottle as well, who I like the look of. I think yeah. it looks a quality sign in that young man. And I think I, I can't see him not being in, to be fair. Yeah, it'd be an interesting one to see what he does go with. The, well, uh, not read any news. Nigel Clough didn't mention it in his uh, press conference. It's certainly a question I would have asked about the availability of uh, Ollie Hawkins, whether he is or isn't suspended. I know there's conflicting reports um, on that one. Uh, let's find there? out. Let, yeah, there is. Let's find out what uh, Nathan uh, was trying to say when I got the word captain swiftly followed by <laughs> Cliff. What were you trying to say? No, nothing's changed. I'm sorry. I'm going to no. punch him. Um, go around to his ass. Sorry about that. The... I, I'm actually <laughs> sorry. Um, I was saying, is it too early in this series to start being controversial, or can I just go for it? Never. Fire away, son. As, as positive I am for this season, two concerns. And we were talking, well, we sort of talked about one there. Number one, captain, obviously. Number two, is Hawkins at the back. That's that. They're my two concerns. Like, I felt like he did a decent job when he had to. A bit like Clive was saying about Barry going in the back. If he has to, then that's great in emergencies. But there's certain games where I don't think Hawkins is suitable back there. So I don't. I don't know if he should be there full time. I'd, I'd rather see a different back three. Yeah, it's it's certainly something which I think a lot of people are, are talking about. Um... Adam in the comments says, I like the three centre-backs and wing-backs. Um, attacking, bloody attacking-minded, exciting. Uh, if we play three at the back, Hawkins shouldn't get exposed with his lack of pace, says Richard. That's why I think Nigel Clough, Alan, uh, has sort of highlighted whenever he's been talking about the back three, that a, a back three suits Hawkins. I think Richard may have hit the nail on the head with that one a little bit in terms of having two players to pincer off him. Yeah, that... <laughs> I'd, personally, I don't like the three. I never have done, and I probably never will do. I prefer a back four. You know, four four two. That's me. It always has been. But if it proves successful, you know, I'll be the first one to uh, shake his hand. But I do believe Hawkins. After what happened at Port Vale, whether you've got two deep, you know, people moving off him or not, I think he will get found out. Because people, you know, will will have watched Wembley, they'll have seen what's happened, and you know, it will be etched in their memories. Uh, Richard in the comments, Clive says Gordon and Barry are my first choice wing backs. I'd like to see Swan and Oates up front. Let's deal with the wing backs uh, there. I think Barry's very, very adaptable. He certainly does suit a, a wing back role in terms of getting forward. But if you're choosing Gordon and Barry as your first two, your first two choice wing backs, one on either side. Where does that leave? Uh, where does that leave Nathan's paper player Macca? Yeah, I mean Macca probably plays well only when uh, there's a certain red-headed Irishman in the side. Hello there, yeah. it's me. I'm here, Stephen Quinn I here. Think, I think Macca and Quinn are, are are really good pairing and 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 are capable of changing games. Um, so I'm not quite sure I agree with him in, in putting Barry as a wing back. I like Bowery as a player. I like him as a, as a contributor to the game. I'm not sure where he fits in this squad at the moment. 
Um, and certainly I'm happy for him to be used in any position bar goalkeeper if the circumstances demand it. But we're not talking about demand now. We're talking about structure. And I think if we're going to go three at the back, and I know Alan doesn't like it a great deal, but then you've got to, have, you've got to put McLaughlin in there somewhere. Otherwise, what is the point in having three and, and, and uh, attacking wing-backs? You may as yeah. well go back to a four. Personally, Nath, I think that's a, a big reason why Nigel Clough has perhaps looked to utilise wing-backs. I think he may have done it earlier had he had Kellen Gordon um, available to him last season, tried to push McLaughlin on a little bit. I think Gordon and McLaughlin are, t- are more attack-minded full-backs than what they are defensive. There is a little bit of a worry that teams can get in behind, but I think it's probably been part of Nigel Clough's plan for a very long time and perhaps circumstances a little bit you know, dictated why he couldn't do that. And it's been successful for other teams. You know, case in point, Port Vale, who played us off the park both times we played them away at Vale Park and then, of course, at Wembley by playing three centre-backs and wing-backs. Successful. Yeah, we, we saw, you know, some success in the in the past um, Stags teams as well. So we, we did it a bit under Flickcroft as well. But you've got to have the right players out of the wing. And I, I do think... I'm with you. I think it suits Macca quite a lot more than uh, probably what he does in the in the back four. So for me, it's got to be him on the left, and then the fact that we've now got Gordon, who's more attacking um, than the likes of Perch and Hewitt, for example, who aren't as quick and maybe as attack-minded, um, is more suited to that. So maybe he would have done it last season if uh, Gordon was an option, but. Where we, you know, it's hard to know, but we've got to have the flexibility to go back to a four because if Gordon does get injured, and with uh, with Alan on that, I think we do we will be better suited for a back four then. I do wonder what it'd take uh, in terms of Ollie Clark to to U turn around to to get Nathan's full blessing like uh, <laughs> McLaughlin has because it's been quite a turnaround over the last eighteen months. Incredible. Um, Simon says keep Hawkins up front, a big target man for the wing backs, and Oates could feed off him. He's too slow at the back and got a load of bookings by pulling players back in defence. Yeah, not to mention dragging Mister O'Toole into uh, the occasional bit of bother. Alan Newport away. Uh, Callum yeah. says, got to be Gordon and Macca for me, wing-backs. I hope we can fit Hewitt in there as well. Most improved player by a country mile. Wow, Craig, can't work out if that Irish accent is worse than the Scottish one. Don't know what you're talking about. Don't know what you're talking about, to be honest. Um, I'm going to move on to the third part of the, the things that we've learned in pre-season. The first was um, you know, getting Kellen Gordon back. The second was the adaptability. Um, the third one, Alan, is um, you know quality new additions. You see so often in a summer, when a season's finished um, and a team falls short, that uh, managers and clubs and directors of football uh, get the checkbook out, bring in player after player, wield the axe, make mass changes. Nigel Clough hasn't done that. He's stuck with a nucleus of squad and he's added to it with with real quality. And every single one of the five that he's brought in, three outfield and two goalkeepers, absolute quality and you know what I think that that fills me with with real real joy I still think we could benefit from one more and perhaps one more out as well but I think the five which we've brought in have been calculated considered and the perfect bits of the uh, the jigsaw to to complete it normally normally to be fair you know out of about five signings you'd be lucky if you got two that stand out and the other three possibly mediocre. But I'd agree with you there. Hiram Boateng, 
absolute quality. Pim, absolute quality. And the two Forest lads, exactly the same. Flinders can be called upon when needed. I think Pim will definitely get the number one shirt. Yeah. Flinders, you know, when he's called upon, he'll do a fantastic job. And I'm really Alan, Flinders is 13, Alan. Yeah, okay, I haven't seen the squad numbers. So I'm gonna pick them out for I'm gonna pick them out for you, mate, just so you yeah. uh, I, I mean if anyone needs to know the squad numbers. <laughs> yeah. It's probably you, Alan. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's quite an important part oh, of uh, <laughs> quite an important part of your thing, isn't it? I guess. Mind you, 54. is that what you'd go for if you had to pick a if you had well, to if pick, I had a, pick a number, it'd be ten, definitely. Uh, you'd have oh, to fight there, wouldn't you? There's nobody using five, Alan. Have that one. That's it. Right, here we go then. So, Christy Pym is number one. Um, Gordon, two. Waiting for him to spin round on the old GIF. Uh, Maka, three. Should do this in some voiceover, shouldn't I? Elliot Hewitt in four. No number five. Harbottle is six. Uh, seven is Lucas Aikens, so a change from 34 for him. Eight is Nathan's favourite player, Ollie Clark. Uh, nine is Jordan Bowery, best centre-back we've got. Uh, number 10, again, is George Maris. No number 11, straight to 12 with Ollie Hawkins. 13 is Scott Flinders. 14 is James Perch, glad to see him keep that. Favourite player, favourite number. 15 is Jason Law, so a change for him as well. 16 is Stephen Quinn. Hello there! Uh, 17 is Kieran Wallace, change what for him as well. Uh, 18 is Reese Oates. Uh, 21 is James Gale. 23 is Owen Mason, the third choice keeper. 25 is George Cooper. Uh, 26 is Will Swan. 32 is George Lapsley. 35, John Joe O'Toole. And 44 is Hiram Boateng. So there you go, Alan. You've uh, learned the squad numbers. Thank you very much, Craig. <laughs> Thank you for your input, Clive. All right. And we, need to look, eventually. we need to look after you because when you're doing those uh, announcements of exchanges, you've got to get the numbers right. Yeah, exactly. that's changing. Yeah, don't we don't want to get tripped up with uh, you know people from last season as well. We don't want to go uh, coming off is is number seven Harry Charlesley, and it's it's not. So there you go. No, I don't uh, think there'll be any problems there, my friend. Yeah, me neither. Me well, we we'd sort of we would sort of hope not. Um, let's move on to a question posed by um posed by. Uh, did you hear the the phone go down? Yeah, I heard something go bleep. <laughs> Nathan put the phone down on me. I'll ring him back. It's all right. It's going well for him. We will get through this show. Uh, Adam says uh, in the comments, who would you move out um, or think... Hello. Has... Sorry, we can't take your call right now. Please <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to you as soon as possible. Nathan, you want a white flag? <laughs> Nathan, has your, uh, has your phone battery died by any chance? Ah, there we go. <laughs> just, just tell Nathan we can oh. see right, see right. Bye, in Nathan. Short. <laughs> Nathan, oh, bless him. <laughs> change it your settings. Do have you though, Nathan? Go on, log out of Restream. Change your settings to the inbuilt microphone on your laptop, and then log back in. <laughs> <laughs> Missed you. Mr. Log out and log back in when you've done it. Oh dear. All oh, right. Adam, that's Adam. <laughs> Quality. Oh, I, do you know what? I, I wish now I did what I used to do in season uh, one, two, and three, where I named the episodes after. 
So I would yeah. definitely call it something about yeah, nature. You could have come up with a better, uh, really good name, couldn't you? Uh, there we go. Uh, so let's answer Adam's question. Uh, talking about who would you move out or think has the interest from another club? So Nigel Clough has said uh, that there could be possibly one going out. Um, has there been interest from another club? Now, personally, I think that's a two-part question. Who would you move out? So we'll start with that one, Clive. I wouldn't move any of them out. I think we're going to need them. Unless we get some new players in. Some more, mm. some more new players. Alan, what about you? Um, obviously, would it depend similarly to if, if there was someone else to, to bring in? Yeah, and then depending on what position as well. I would say, because, I mean, Ollie Clark doesn't really... I mean, I don't want Ollie Clark to go, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, but he always seems to be the fall guy, you know, whether he's injured or whether he isn't, and Lapsley to a certain degree as well. But I want, I'd like, same as Clive, I'd like them all to stop, depending on if, you know, anybody else comes in. I think Gail is probably the one that might go out on loan. Mm. He only said that, didn't he? Personally, I think Clough's comments, what he said, I think he was... I think that was a side to the the two youngsters going on. And I'm going to apologise. I thought that George Cooper had joined Kettering, but judging by Clough's comments, he hasn't. So uh, he'll get a, a low move elsewhere as well. But I think this is a side to a possible uh, low move. Is this going to be third time lucky? Hello, Nathan. Two minutes. He's saying two minutes. He's trying to work something out. He's using his hand as an aerial. Isn't it marvellous? He can hear us, we can't hear him. I know, and he can't see us either. This is this is this is a nightmare for Nathan. You believe that, do you? Eh? At least he's kept no. us entertained. Bless him. He has, he has. Um, so let's deal with the second part of that question now. Who do you think it might be, uh, Alan? I'll start with you. Well, I think Ollie Clark. Hmm. Yeah, I just got a, I've got a funny feeling. I like to say I don't want to see him go because I think he worked really hard and I was impressed with him when he came on the other time. And he also played well against Sheffield United. I watched that back on iFollow. And when he came on, you know, and I know it was a different position, but I thought he had a good, solid game. Mm. Uh, I, agree with Alan. I think he's too good a player for us to give away too easily. Um, but obviously they need to balance the books. But uh, and, and nobody wants to be sat on the bench more often than they than not, simply because we've got a wealth of midfielders. So it's possible, but I wouldn't want to see him go at this at this point. Personally, I think it. it I think it will be similar. Uh, let's let's try this. Oh, I could hear him move his headphone. Then that must mean there's some noise coming from Nathan uh, Edger's house. Nathan, the question is. Uh, not is your microphone working. The question is, uh, Nigel Clough has hinted that there could be one going out. Who would you like to see it, see, see it be? And who do you think it could be? Number eight. Yes, it works! You <laughs> work! Come on! Well done, Nathan. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, mate. Well, that was stressful. <laughs> oh, dear, my friend. Nathan, your picture's gone off. <laughs> Good. I don't even care. I can't see it anyway. <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, I'm guessing Ollie Clark is, is your answer for, for both, Nathan, which is pretty similar to what everyone else is saying, to be fair. Is it? Oh, I'm, I'm surprised. I thought I was the only one, but um, no, well, not to both. I think Ollie Clark is the one that I would choose to to, to see leave, but do I think it would be him? No, it definitely won't, because why would he be chosen as captain otherwise? 
Well, by virtue of the fact he was when Clough came in, I guess. That but... doesn't mean you can't change it. You know, it's been a it's a new season. There's, I can understand him keeping keeping him with it last last year, maybe with it being sort of a first season, etc. All of that, but this season, there's there's for me no reason to to do it just out of necessity. You, you you choose a leader for a for a reason, and for me, he's our weakest midfielder. So, but your captain needs to be on the pitch. So it's I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I personally, again, think it feels like we're attacking on the clock, but I'm I'm personally not. I think if we were to lose anybody from our squad, the area we could afford to lose somebody and get some money is in that midfield area because it's already overloaded. And if Nigel Clough wanted to bring somebody in, I think he'd had no hesitation in picking up the phone to, to Dylan McGeer and, uh, and, and getting him into the club, and he already looked quite solid. So I think we've got a ready-made replacement there. Um, I suppose it's all ifs and buts, isn't it? Who would I like for it to be? Well, I wouldn't necessarily like for it to be anyone. Who do I think it could be? One of three, Ollie Clark, George Lapsley or George Maris. But uh, who knows? It could be anybody, couldn't it? As Chris says, as Chris says in the comments, unfortunately in football, everybody's for the, uh, everyone is for sale for the right price. If anyone was sold, I'd hope we'd get top dollar for them at this stage of the proceedings as a quality replacement uh, could be at a premium. Absolutely right. Uh, let's turn our attentions uh, elsewhere and uh, take a little bit of a brief break in the show. No audio uh, this week. Decided maybe we're going to fall that uh, by the wayside a little bit uh, this season for reasons uh, which you may have seen on social media early today. We'll talk more about that later on. But doesn't mean that Alan Wilson can't have his moment in the spotlight. Uh, of course, on Saturday, we are away at Salford City and you can travel with the Stag Supporters Association where you will see familiar faces in me and uh, in Clive as well. Um of course, there are three coaches going from the SSA on Saturday and they are practically sold out uh, at the moment. So there were a couple of seats left, but not too many. Um, patience, very much appreciated as many people will be renewing their memberships on Saturday and it will be very, very busy indeed. So please remember uh, that the SSA is a volunteer-led organisation. Just show that a little bit of patience as they uh, get people ready to leave One Course Stadium. Not like there's a massive rush cost, let's face it. It's sod all around Salford anyway. But if you do want to go, uh, it's £15 if you're an Amber or a junior member, £20 if you're a blue member, or £25 if you're a non-member. And to book your seat, you must have a pre-purchased valid match ticket. And the all-important number you need is... 07967689597. And please bear with the SSA volunteers uh, as they deal with a lot of bookings. Looking forward to that one on Saturday. Right, let's move on to our next topic of conversation. Um, it'll be a brief one because then there's something more pressing that I want to talk about. It's something which, again, the media have skirted around asking Nigel Clough. He mentioned it uh, himself, and I'm sure he would have liked to have a full on discussion about this, Nathan. It's the, the introduction this season of a rule which was enjoying COVID times, which was the five substitutions. Personally, I think for us this season, having five substitutions available, I think could, re could really, really impact us. And I think Nigel Clough has shown in the past, he knows when to utilise that, that, uh, that rule change to the max. Yeah, um, it, it depends. Because if we end up with the 
the bad luck um, we had last year, which is at one point, I remember we couldn't even name a full bench, could we? So um, it all depends on injuries, etc. in the in the squad, as it will do for everyone else anyway. Um, but if we can, uh, especially if we can bring in another player and maybe not have to let anyone else go, uh, again, that's more to choose from. And um, we've got James Gale, which, I mean, it's looking like he's going to go on loan, but if not, it's more opportunity for him to get on the pitch. George Cooper as well, again, looks like he might go on loan, but if he doesn't and if he is around, maybe he'll get a chance. So um, it's just an opportunity for the, the, the clubs that have got more strength in depth, which I think we've, we we are pretty strong, um, you know, the deeper the deep we go, which is good. Uh, we've got that opportunity to try and change it a little bit. So um, it'll be an interesting season with the five subs. And last time we used it, Alan, it, it really did give the opportunity to those younger players. It's where we stood first started to see the likes of Tyrese Sinclair and Jason Law in particular uh, come into their own and sort of shine. I think it could do a similar thing again, but also from a tactical point of view, you know, when you get to the last 15 minutes or so and you can make two changes, imagine having, you know, players on the bench, you've got that pace itching to come on. The midfield's a prime example. Say, for example, you start with, you know, Boateng, Quinn and, and Maris, for argument's sake, having the likes of Lapsley, Ollie Clark to, to come on and impact the game both at the same time with a bit of pace, a bit of power. And, and you know, it, it could be a real, real game changer. It's a perfect scenario, especially for Nigel, because it's something he's been harping on about ever since COVID, isn't it? He loved it then and he'll, he'll love it even more now because, you know, five substitutions. But can't you do them at, th- at three separate times? If that's Is that my uh, understanding of it? Yeah, I'd have to delve like properly. You bring into... one on, then another one, and then if you do another one, all three have got to come on. That type. Yeah, of I, I believe yeah. you can't do it in five separate instances. I, no. I believe in COVID times as well. It was uh, at set periods in yeah. the game. I think you get three opportunities to make two, like the five subs, but you can theoretically use all five at once. So if yeah. you know if we were getting tanked at half time, we yeah. could effectively change you know five players at, at the break. But I, I guess it's. It's the way you use it. I think you can also... actually do it four times. Sorry, sorry, Alan. I think you can yeah. actually do it four times if, because if you do them at half time, that doesn't count. Mm. Um, I'm sure I've read that somewhere. So you, you three times in play, four times if you use one or two at half time as well. So um, I, I think that's the understanding of the this the, the new version of it. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see the full-on interpretation. Callum in the comments, Clive, says, not a fan of the five sub-rule in general for football, but it's a massive advantage to teams with quality players, and that's exactly what we've got. It will also come back to bite us as well at some point, but that's football. What's your opinions of it? I agree completely with Callum. I'm not a fan of five subs. I think it's gone crazy. And certainly if you're going to have a five-sub situation, you can't run with a squad of 18, which is one of the things that Cliff was trying to do at one point. Um, and it doesn't mean you're going to have more disaffected players because they, you can't play them all. It's a balance. And I guess it's, it's, up, it's up to the club management to sort that out. You're right. If we've got quality on the bench, it gives us some encouragement if things go wrong in the starting eleven or injuries emerge. But I'm, I'm with Callum. I, I prefer the old-fashioned uh, smaller number of subs. But don't, don't take any notice of me. I'm just an old git. Personally, I'm I'm all for anything which sort of gives a, a bit of advantage as long as you utilise it in in the right way. And I actually think you know if it was in last season, I think we may have actually managed to go on and, and sneak that that third. But uh, that third. You place see, the spot. thing is, we only need one outfield sub, and that's Bowery. 
because he can play anywhere. And Aikens, <laughs> and Aikens. Yeah, super subs. Gets a bit of stick, but they can play anywhere. When yeah. you think about it, Craig, same as Callum said in his uh, points, if you think about how many times we were dealt a blow with people bringing their subs on and them scoring mm. two, you know, or whatever, Port Vale, just to name one. There was two or three, four occasions last year when that happened, so it can work both ways. But if he wants to change the system as well and you've got that chap on the bench, get him on. Yeah, absolutely. Everyone's there to play and everybody will play their part of that. I've got no doubt under Nigel Clough. Uh, Adam in the comments uh, has asked about Jimmy Knowles. What about Jimmy Knowles? Very quiet. He's uh, got a six-month deal, didn't he? Uh, but he's uh, still sort of uh, injured. He's fighting his way back. And Nigel Clough said he might be in contention for some of the uh, the trophy games sort of uh, October time. Right, let's move on to uh, probably the biggest point of all, Nathan. And uh, that is when we were sat here this time last season, there was no expectation on us whatsoever. It was all about the slow building blocks and seeing where we went to. We ended up finishing in the playoff final. We came so close to sealing automatic promotion as well. We've sold over 4,000 season tickets. So you can see already in that that the expectation and anticipation has, has lifted. We felt the weight of expectation before when uh, Dave moved on, um, you know, after that infamous season. And it didn't, it came back to bite us firmly on the arse and take a good chunk out of it as well at some point. We can't let that happen this time around, can we? No, I mean, expectations have understandably got up. Um, even for myself, I normally see it, don't I? Start of the season and, and say, I'll take top half. I think, I think. We should be aiming higher than, than that. Uh, well, I say most people say uh, obviously, but um, from my point of view, I'm normally more conservative with that. But I think we've 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 built really well. So obviously, with that pressure and expectations come in, obviously, great. I mean, it's a brilliant um, season ticket sort of sales. Ed. That's that's going to be fantastic. But we've got to make sure it's a positive home environment. I remember you say after Dave went, and we had obviously John Dempster in that that whole season. I. I'm even, comf even comfortable thinking about it now. You know, the home games, how how toxic it was. Um, there we go. I just, I don't think it'll happen this time, but I just hope even if we hit a rough patch, um, as we did last last year, we, we carry on the way we were and carry on getting getting behind the team because it, it does make a difference, um, you know, in, in the long run. And I think we saw that in the end. Yeah, we certainly did. Um, Clive, what about you? You know, we've, we've seen people talking about it on social media we've heard conversations when we've been to pre-season friendlies as well Nigel Clough has even put the pressure on a little bit himself by saying look we want to go one better and obviously one better than what we had last season is getting promotion whether that be via the heartbreak of the playoffs again or automatic um it does put a pressure on your shoulders when you outline at the start of the campaign this is what we want yeah, but to be fair, we've never started, well, not for a long time, have we started a season in such a good position as we do this one in terms of the stability of the squad and, as Alan alluded to earlier, the quality of the num small number of players we've recruited who are high quality. Um, we've not changed our manager. The, the town senses there's, there's a reason for optimism, hence the uh, number of season tickets. And I think what the club has managed to do is to galvanise all that... Uh, all that good feeling into expectation. And it, it isn't wrong to expect us to be promoted this year. It's, it's a certainly an interesting point. I mean, I loved last season, Alan, by the virtue of the fact that there was no expectation on our shoulders and we could just sit back and enjoy. But for me, 
by putting that expectation on, you know, here before a ball has even been kicked, it, I don't know, it's just going to make it a little bit itchy when things inevitably don't go our way, when we have those rough periods and, and things like that, especially when it comes to the business end of the campaign. I, I think it can be a bad thing sometimes. We've just got to manage it as a squad. But uh, on the flip side of that, if any manager is capable of managing those expectations and keeping things grounded and going in the right direction, we've, we've got the man in charge to do that in Clough. I think Nigel himself will tell you, you know, if uh, you had a one-to-one with him, which you've had quite a few, not us, but uh, he'll tell you, you know, we, we like excelled more than we were expected last season, I would say. And I think that's a fair comment, but everything has been put in place now to make the next step. We're a professional football club, has made some fantastic signings. We we're very, very, very close last year. And, you know, it's just one more step. That's all it is. And I, ca- I can't see why we shouldn't be positive and confident about doing it. You know, I don't think it will put pressure on us. I mean, Mac has alluded to that with the pressure on himself. But, you know, I think it's just one out of the squad saying that. You know, I think everything's there, you know, to set it up nicely. I think one thing- the other thing to remember is we had an incredibly good home record last year. So that gives you the platform. If we can maintain that level of home performance this year, then all we've got to do is tweak things a little bit because we'd have been automatically promoted if we didn't give two goals away at Hartlepool last year, having taken a two-goal lead. You know, it's as tight as that. And we were that close to automatics. And in the end, to come away with nothing is really disappointing. But I think where we are now this season is starting at a much higher level of competence than we did at the start of last season. So I have every reason to believe that expectation of promotion is not unrealistic. Talking of uh, the word start, Nathan, we are starting again. You know, last season is gone. We can talk as much as we want about building as a club. But the realistic and and, and true facts of the matter is every team on Saturday afternoon, when that first whistle is kicked, is on level points. Uh, It's a brand new start for them all. Everyone can go up. Everyone can go down. Um, How much importance do you place on getting that uh, good start, good solid start? Because like we saw last season, if we'd have had a better start, this would be a League One podcast now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we actually did have a pretty decent start. We won our first two games, should have won our third. Um, and there were two very difficult games, let's not forget, as well, Bristol Rovers and Newport. So, um, you couldn't have got a better start than that. It then just the, the wheels fell off after that. So, um, and we've got a difficult start again. You know, Salford are again going to be expected to be up there as, as, as are we going away for the first uh, first game of the season. There is going to be a tough one. Um, but I'm just and when we've I think it might have been Clive said earlier. I think this or Alan this has genuinely has been the best sort of shape we've been in, shaping up to a new season. So. Um, I think we can go in it with a bit of confidence and a bit of um, point to prove because we did miss out last season. I don't think we'll have a hangover like we did last time. Um, so I, I we just got to enjoy it. Um, but just alluding a bit a minute to a minute ago when you're saying about expectations, the only thing I don't want to see, or I really hope we won't get from, from supporters this season is, yes, we do have higher expectations, but if we are... It comes to Christmas and we're not in the top seven. Let's. I hope it doesn't get to a stage where we're calling for the manager's head. You know, I think we showed last season, even when you're massively out of it, we've still got enough. You know, in in us 
with the management and players to uh, you know you can still get in it. So um, I, I just hope we have a bit of patience as well with the expectation. Yeah, patience is very much a virtue. Callum says, agree with you, Craig, that expectation can be a blessing or a curse. Clough will know this. He's all about getting better and stepping up. That, for us, is the season. Uh, this season promotion. All up to the players. And luckily, we've got a lot of older, more experienced team who will also be a lot better with playing under that expectation. Yeah, absolutely. A uh, few things to talk about in terms of off-the-pitch uh, matters shortly to end the podcast. So we're not just all about on the pitch, but seeing as we are talking about uh, the season to come, it's a fair time to do Nathan's favourite game. Um, we've not spoken about whether we're going to do podcast predictions this year. I think we probably should, and I'm sure I'm, I'm open to suggestions on rules. Mirrors. Yeah, we'll come to that in a minute. Pipe down. Um, but we are we didn't do this last season. I think we should this season. We should do <coughs> our season expectations. So I'm going to ask you uh, for four things. Where the Stags will finish, slash what the outcome of the season will be, i.e. third automatic promotion, fifth win the playoffs, etc., etc. Uh, who the top goal scorer will be. And then I want uh, some league predictions for you. So the top three and playoff winner, and then the bottom two. So, um, Alan, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> Straight in. All right. Uh, <coughs> well, I would say we'll finish third. Automatic. Yep. I would fancy Rizzo to be the top scorer. Is a good price, like... by the way, 28 to 1. Would you like to have a little guess, a little bonus guess on how many goals? 23. Okay. Yep. And uh, so your top three, so you've already got us in third. Yeah. Who's, who's champions? I would say second place. I'm going to go crazy and say Stockport. A lot of people backing them, to be fair, yeah. Yeah. And top... Oh, now then. <laughs> uh, I'll go with Doncaster. Oh, OK. Interesting. And playoff winner? Playoff winner, Tranmere. Uh, and your bottom two? <laughs> uh, you can have Stevenage twice. I was just, just going <laughs> to gonna say Stevenage. And Artlepool. <laughs> okay, right. Okay, uh, Clive. I'm going to come to you next. Let's start with uh, where the Stags will finish. Second. Okay. Um, uh, top goal scorer. Oh, <coughs> nineteen. Uh, okay. Uh, so top three. You've got us in second. Who's top? Who's champions? Bradford. Uh, okay. Uh, who's in third? Northampton. Uh, and playoff winners? Tranmere. And your bottom two? Stevenage, Crawley. Okay, right. Uh, Nathan, you're up next. Where are the stags going to finish? We are going to finish third for me. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go uh, as well. I'm going to go... I mean, the first time I was thinking 23. Then Alan <laughs> said that. Uh, then I was thinking, I'll go a bit lower. I'll go 19. Clive said it. So I'm going to go 18. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. Exactly. So you've put us in third. So who's champions? Um, I'm going to go for... It's really difficult this year, I think. Gonna... There's only so many teams that are up there. Yeah. But um, I'm going to go with... 
killing him. Ooh, okay, oh. and in, in second? Um, Stockport. Uh, and your playoff winners? I'm going to go with Bradford. Uh, your bottom two? Harrogate and Barrow. Can't relegate Barrow. Barrow start off top of the league, don't they, each year? That's very true. Uh, mine, oh, sorry. this year. AFC Wimbledon, isn't it? Oh, yes, yes, no, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but well, technically, that's their club name, isn't it? Um, do you know what? Sod it. We're champions. Yay! Oh, of, course we are. of course, we are. Uh, top goal scorer is going to be, um, it's going to be Christy Pim. No, no, of course, it's going to be, uh, of course, it's going to be Reese Oates. Uh, and I'm going to go, he's going to get 25. Uh, top three, I'm going to go, obviously, Stags of Champions. Second place. I think, um, do you know what? I, I'm going to, I think Stockport are going to be in there, but I don't think they'll, I'm going to put them as third. And I th- do you know what? I think Northampton might push us. I think us and Northampton are going to have a bit of a, a battle. They're going to go second. And playoff winners, I'm going to go with Warsaw. I think they've made some good shrewd signings. Good call. Good call. Probably a dark horse this year, along with um I mean Stevenage have made some good additions, but I don't think they'll they'll get up there. But I don't think they'll be relegated either. I think they'll sort of be an average mid table. And then we'll see who else is in there. Tranmere will be there or thereabouts. But I, I misunderstood back. the instructions. I thought you meant who do I want to <laughs> see relegated? Well, well, that is very, very true. Uh my bottom two, I think, are gonna be uh Harrogate. Um and I'm also I'm going to go with uh, Grimsby, straight back down. Oh. There you go. Uh, we'll put something like this on our on our website for you to get involved in, and we'll get cams as well. Now the big question is, by a vote of hands, should we do podcast predictions again? Yes or yes? Hand up for yes. Oh God, we've got to do it again. Right, come on, hit me hit me with the rules. Let's define the rules. Now I don't care whether we're on until midnight. Let's hammer these rules out. Come on. One point for getting the result. Three points if the result is spot on. A point for every goal scorer. Is what we did last year, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And what was wrong with last year? You could load so up the goal scorers. So what we're saying yes. is you get a point for every goal scorer, but if you list eight goal scorers and five of them don't score, then you get minus five. Because otherwise, you cheat. You do what what um, Nathan did. He cheated. He just loaded really? up with a load of goal scorers. Get over. It was the way around. Change, you if you're going to forecast a two-one win, you can't have more than two goal scorers. No, we said it? that. We we we, we, yes, we put we, that as a rule. That was a rule. Yeah, so if you're going to have five goal scorers, you've got to predict at least a five-goal scoreline. Yeah, that was the rule. Yes, that, that's right. But what we were getting is a lot of people were going towards the end of the season, going with high scorers. Think not like saying six nil, because we could go and win one nil. They get one point for the you know for the for the win result, but then the likely chances they're going to get a goal scorer as well, so they're going to get another point. So it still needs to be minus minus one point for the goal scorers basically. Should if you don't get it right. cheating. Yeah. Craig, I have every faith you'll get this sorted out. Don't you worry. Come on, I'll, I'll help say, you out. We're leaving it with you now. I mean, the man with the sense is Alan Wilson. He, you know, I think he, he's the man to, to go to to define. If anyone's going to stick by a rule book, he's the man. He'll well, come to music. 
I started halfway through the season anyway, so I just joined in and enjoyed the ride. But whatever rules you, you know, you obey them and that's it. It's as simple as that. If you're not <laughs> going to obey them, don't go in it. Right, I'm saying spot on, three points. Correct result, one point. And do you know what? Sod the goal scorers. <laughs> just come out the window. Yeah, right. I knew that was coming. I know, because I know, because... Uh, like the, this moron here in the bottom right hand corner of my screen, Nathan Edge, will right. every single week will be on at me because the maths will be wrong and I'm not having it. Well, just do the two then, Craig, like you've said. The goal, all in favour, and the, the uh, you know, the, the win or the, the result. And the attendance within 100, yeah? Because the way attendance is, you never, sometimes you don't even get it. All right, I'm we'll not the bloody score. The size of the crowd and what their names and addresses as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you get it spot on, it's three points. If you get uh, the correct result, it's, uh, but not the correct scoreline, it's one I point. I'm surprised you've not wanted to That's... throw gold, a golden goal in here as well. Right, let's do that. That's much better. That's a yeah. much, that's a much better one. And a bonus point for how many last minute winners I missed this season. Well, we know that's going to be about nine. Well, I'm, right, I'm going to get forty six league games, and aren't you leaving like next week? So anyway, so you know, leaving. You said you were leaving the country, moving abroad. No, I didn't. You assumed you did. I was leaving the country. We hoped. All right. Yeah. Fair play. <laughs> right. So goal. We're going golden goal. Yeah. Let's let's go yeah. golden goal, but not so the the. What's the rules on that then? If you get the golden goal, you get a point. But the chances are none of us will get the golden goal. I think you should get two points. It's very unlikely. Double points. Yes, double points. Because then it's really annoying if you've got everything wrong and you get the golden goal, you get just get nothing. Yeah, it's quite frustrating, isn't it? I'd absolutely, I'd be fuming. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. double nothing is nothing. Yeah, double double points. So there we go. Well Spot up, spot up, result spot on is three points. Correct result is one point. Golden goal is double points. By the way, it's the golden goal as uh, given by the uh, the FA. Yeah, that's the the normal. We're not. I'm not having this. I'm not having any of this. Oh, ninety plus four. It, that's ninety. No, I'm not having any of that. It's the official. No, we don't have any leeway. So if it's twenty eighth minute, will you allow twenty six to be a winner or twenty nine to be a winner? No, no, you, no, you're not so 29. You've got to get it spot on. You've got to get it spot on. I'm only playing devil's advocate here. I don't know. I don't know if you like falling out with each other. <laughs> exactly. So there we go. Spot on three points. Co uh, correct result, one point. Golden goal, double your points. Nathan, you were the winner last year. Salford away, go. 2-1 win. Golden goal. 14. Uh, Alan 2-1 Mansfield Golden 80, goal 82 <laughs> What? <laughs> so the first goal is going to be scored and the 2-1 win oh, is going to be scored in the 82nd <laughs> so When you said well, goal yeah, that, yeah, that, right. that's one, that is one hell of a finish that is for a game oh, Nathan would miss two goals <laughs> three goals no, this is three. Off. Right. Sorry 22 <laughs> I do apologise I thought it was normally first answered counts. Because this is the first game of the season, we were establishing the rules. I'm going to let that one slide. Yeah, I would. 
Clive. You need your laugh, though. Just a question. If someone predicts a nil-nil scoreline, do they still have to give you a golden goal? Obviously not. <laughs> okay, so they can't double the score then. All right. In that case, I'm going to go for one nil. Well, Stags. And I'm going to say 26. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go for a 3-1 win. And the golden goal will be scored in the uh, eighth minute. Early start. There we go. So there we go. Uh, we will put a link on our social media pages for you guys to play along. I take no responsibility for cocking the maths up. And if Nathan wins, I'm saying it now, if Nathan wins this se- this series of podcast <laughs> predictions, we are never, ever, ever playing it again. Agreed? <laughs> I look forward to my trophy. Craig, can I just say on behalf of the rest of the panel, because I'm sure they'll agree with me, those present and those not with us, I'm just so happy that you're now committed to doing it all season. Oh, I never said I was taking charge of it. No, doing the podcast. Oh, bloody hell, yeah. I've, I've just yeah. realised what I've done. Yeah, yeah so sorry. You've been, no. you've been uh, snared. Jesus Christ. Right. Uh, last last two things to talk about. I suppose I suppose we should talk about that one first, shouldn't we, seeing as Clive's brought it up. So uh, for those that don't know, last season, I was for the back half of last season anyway, for the majority of it, I was doing the commentary on Mansfield 103.2. I've known for some time, to be honest, um, that I wouldn't be doing it this season. I'm absolutely gutted. Um, there are a couple of reasons for not doing it. Uh, and it, it it's ultimately boils down to... Uh, two things. The first is cost uh, of a license fee for the radio station to, to be able to broadcast, to get broadcast rights, etc. The other one is a deal with the club. If you follow me on social media, have a look at there. I've put a full thing on there about delving into it. But uh, suffice to say, I'm absolutely gutted. And I was a little bit thinking about what to do with the podcast because last year, you know, it did have a big impact on it. We got, what, 23,000 audio listeners last season, which was Phenomenal. I think a big part of that was being able to have access within the dressing room and, uh, you know, do different bits and bobs through the radio station. So I did think about that um, as well. But uh, yeah, a deal hasn't been uh, agreed between club and radio station. Um, and unfortunately, the, the costing of everything is just too much at this present stage for a commercial sponsor to commit to. Uh, I'm gutted, but there you go. So if I look a little bit pissed off on Saturday in the terraces, that's why. Right. Second bit um, is uh, the programme's being discontinued. What do you think? What do you make of it, Nate? It's a, a long, old institution, the Stag. It was at one time an award-winning match day programme, but it's been uh, revealed over the last week or so that it is not being renewed for the new campaign. That is it. The Stag is dead. I can't read it anyway. So, no, I mean, on a serious note. Um... <laughs> It's, it's it's sad for those. There are a lot of people out there that do collect them, and it's been a it's just been a tradition, hasn't it, for a long, long time. So f- from that point of view, it's obviously a negative. However, on the flip side, you know they don't get purchased anywhere near as much as they used to. Um, so you've got to look at it from a financial aspect as well. And, and you know we're not the only club that will be programless. There are other clubs out there. So and I think it's becoming more common. So it's. Is, is it is it changing with the times? Costing, you know, there's a lot of reasons behind it, but there's there's um, there's, there's pros and cons to it basically. But so I guess as overall, from a traditional point of view, it's a, it's a sad uh, sad outcome. 
personally, Clive, when I was going to football when I was a young younger, the one thing I always wanted to have was some form of memento for it. And a programme was it. I've got boxes and boxes of programmes under the desk and in the cupboards and everything uh, behind me. I will miss it, but I can't help but feel uh, it's been a long time coming, but I think they probably should have knocked it on the head last season because last season's, you know, just it just wasn't good enough in terms of what it was and what you got and the whole faff around it to try and find the bloody thing in the first place well I gave up after about a month and it's no it's no reason I think that's probably a big reason why it's died I think it has it has some effect on it but uh, the reality is the writing has been on the wall for a a part of 10 years I guess that uh, the world's moved on Um, we are now much more digitally included into various forms of news and we're part of that of course I'm sure matters is one of those areas that people can get club information and there are other digital streams which the club put out and of course there's all the other um, national uh, websites and things that feed us with enormous amounts of data so it doesn't serve the purpose it once did clearly people aren't buying it in the numbers to make it viable and in fact if we're honest the people that bought a program every week bought it because they were collectors not because it was they valued it as a news medium. And once you become a collector, the <clears> dangerous <throat> thing is that you cannot not be a collector. Once you miss one, your life's not worth living. And you had that situation, Craig, where you would buy a programme and seal it up rather than yeah. risk it get increased. And that's not about the news content. That's about it's part of your collection. And now that collection is in a box under your cupboard. You, we never go back to them. I had thousands of programmes at one time. And it's... I suppose it appeals to part of my psyche to know they're there, but you never go back to them, apart from the odd big game programme, you know, the Wembley appearances or whatever. And I had a a good clear out. It was difficult to do because it's an emotional detachment to do it, but it uh, it was was worthwhile. And I think uh, the world's moved on. Reluctantly, we're going with it. I'd be very interested to see, um, you know, something which the club are trying to now put more influence in Alan and that is towards you know social media and more content and platforms such as this which are a good medium for for people to get it it is a shame that nothing's available on on match day because there will be a certain segment of fan that likes to have uh, that but on the flip side of it you know it's not just about having it there's a lot of work which goes into it I'm fortunate enough to have worked on the other side of it and contributed to it to to it when it was the you know the award-winning program when I was doing work experience all, you know, pretty much a full-time job to put the publication together. And then you've got the cost of print versus, you know, the cost coupled with the cost of paying people to sell it or give them a commission to it. It's it's all about balancing the books. And it must have been a very, very difficult decision. But uh, I guess it, it's one of those things. It's whether the club can, you know, find now a different medium to, to spread their news and their sources. I like what they've done with the pre-season magazine. We mentioned it, didn't we, a little bit last year about potentially a, a monthly magazine or something well, along the way. They did a pre-season line. mag last year, didn't they? And it was a hefty thing that people bought in reasonable numbers. What is it, a fiver this year? Mm, yeah. I think that makes decent value when you compare the price of the programme, the week, the match day programme, which is £2.50 for something that was very insignificant in uh, it wasn't good enough uh, to, be, to be honest i i stopped wanting to to, to buy it because it, it just wasn't it wasn't the award-winning yeah. program it had been previous to it, covid for, for me as a younger person it had nothing which i'd not already seen or read because it was literally just uh 
a copywritten part of a Nigel Clough interview that was available four days before and stuff like that. The only little things you, you got in there which, you know, weren't readily available were the little things like my first, my last, my everything, you know, finding out what Jordan Barry's favourite biscuit was. Well, I managed to do that last season. So, <laughs> you know, it's... it's it's. But surely the media team at the club have got to have broader horizons now. They've got to say, we can't just do the little bits and nibbits that we do at the moment. We've got to say, we have an understanding of media, we have the technology, we can use social media to a greater extent, and they ought to be running their own mini TV programming effectively. They ought to have available on the various platforms access to really interesting content and probably and probably um no i'm not suggesting they should compete with other forms no. to, to complement and I really they ought to be mean. looking at it from a commercial <laughs> point of view as well if it's done well and the content's good enough and it has frequent readership you could be selling advertising packages to it as well I'd happily work with them to do a podcast, but if they steal the idea and start a, a podcast, I will be fuming. 23,000 <laughs> listeners last year, mainly because we brought Alan Wilson on board. What's your uh, overarching feelings on the the, pro, the programme uh, disappearing? And I mean, I mean, it's one last thing for you to talk about every week and be wrong when you say it's on sale at the kiosk, because it wasn't! Yeah, well, I, I did change that. If you if you noticed, halfway through the season, one of the staff members came up to me and said, can you tell can you tell me why you keep saying that? I says, I don't know, because it's on my script. And he says, well, we don't. So I stopped saying it. And It got to the stage last season, Alan, that if you got a programme, you could claim a prize. <laughs> <laughs> but as to uh, recap on Craig's question, my first thoughts, I know it's digressing slightly, but I know nothing stays the same now. I felt like that when Matt Green left. I was devastated. So I know I moved on. Nothing stays the same. Alan, you left twice. Which one was most painful? Probably the first one. The first one. The first time you left. Yeah. The first time I left, yeah. Yeah. Well, I know I left twice. I'm quite well aware of that fact. (laughs) Otherwise, you'd still be there, wouldn't you? (laughs) Well, no, not really. (laughs) Right. (laughs) 23,000 listeners this got last season. 25,000. We'll be lucky to get 25. We're having none of that this year. (laughs) It's for a select audience this year. Yeah, nothing stays the same, Craig. It certainly doesn't. We wish them all the best, and we uh, we it'd be interesting to see what does uh, does does come from it, and uh, and how things uh, improve. I think there's a lot of scope to be had with digital media nowadays, and, and the mediums in, in which they have. I mean, you know, there's no dedicated Mansfield Town theme show on any radio station. BBC Nottingham do sports scene where they or whatever it's called in the game, isn't it? Uh, which is excellent, by the way. Which uh, which includes a little bit of snippets to Mansfield Town, but there's no dedicated show. This certainly isn't on 103 because there's no coverage this season. There would have been, I'm going to add that in, there would have been if uh, we would have got that deal agreed because this podcast would have uh, been part of it as well as some other shows which we'll plan as well. I want to emphasise that point because there'll be people that listen to this um, and say, oh, well, they're just not bothered. They, they just, they've probably got the money, but they can't be, can't be asked to spend it or whatever. That is completely, completely untrue. There's a, a big dedicated team you know, behind the scenes at 103 that have worked tirelessly to try and get a deal with a, a sponsor or uh, and the club as well to try and get the deal over the line. It just can't be done at this stage. Who knows what might happen in, in the next few weeks? I might win the lottery tonight and then I can buy the licence. But 
you know, who knows what might happen in the coming weeks. But at this point, there's no coverage. And that's my point, you know. Um, there's Any no chance of GoFundMe for Bansford Matters to get a licence? Maybe, who knows. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's an interesting platform to to do, well, you know. Media has changed. We raised money for a drummer, didn't we? Well, who knows? Um, but you know, everything is everything has changed, and it's interesting to see where things go on the digital media side of things. So we'll look forward to it. But the uh, match day program is gone for now, apart from big games. So there you go. Uh, to answer Kerry's question, so the match won't be live. Uh, so won't the match be live on Mansfield Radio? No, it won't. So there you go. Uh, right, that's almost it. That's almost all we've got time for. We've talked about, we've spoken about podcast predictions. We've done our predictions for for it as well. What are you finally? What are you hoping for from uh, from Saturday's game away at uh, at Salford, Alan? A good start. Simple Nathan, as that. a good start. I'm hoping to see that a pub's been built next to the ground for you know for a drink pre-match because there was rubbish last year. And I'm guessing uh, yours, Clive, is a hat-trick for Richard Narty in his own net? No, my 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 demands of the game are very simple. I hope you put a light bulb in the gents' toilet. <laughs> <laughs> of all the things to ask for when the season yeah. starts, well, there you go. Uh, well, that is almost we've got almost what we've got time for tonight. My thanks to Clive, to Alan, to Nathan as well. We'll put podcast predictions on our website and all over our social media as well for you to get involved in throughout the course of this season. Can't believe I've uh, committed to that. Um, I'll say it in the recorded outro anyway in a minute, but thanks for all the lovely comments there about the radio thing. Who knows what might change in the future? And if you find six grand down the back of your sofa, give us a call. You never know what might happen. Uh, Alan, you're away now, aren't you, for a couple of weeks? You're uh, you're jetting off tomorrow, aren't you? Yeah, no, on Saturday, yeah. I'm away, yeah. So uh, I'm afraid I miss uh, Tranmere and Derby. There you go. Well, we look forward to seeing you when you when you get back. Um, Nathan, you. you're away, aren't you, as well? You were, you were. No, you I'm not were, away. Oh, you, we've just given. This is your weird, weird assumptions about because obviously I'm, I'm I will be moving home in the next couple of months, but uh, it's not going to be for a while, and it's it's not abroad. I'm afraid I'm going to the land of non-league. Ah, mm. well, there, there, well, there uh, you go. Can I just say to Alan, have a good time, mate, and you Thank and Jeanette, and don't Absolutely. spend too much money on on my present. Yeah, mine neither, neither yeah. nor mine, nor mine. And Nathan, make sure you have your jabs. We'll have a chat off air in a minute, I'm sure. Uh, but it's uh, not just you know, filled. Don't worry. <laughs> still, make sure you've got your jabs. Um, <laughs> there you go. Um, but uh, obviously, you know, we do like to have different voices on this. Cam is also in the process of moving house at the moment, so won't be available for uh, a couple of weeks. Alan's away. Nathan just forgets. And then, then has microphone problems. Then doesn't charge his phone, so he's about as reliable. He's about as reliable as Richard Narty was for us last season. So if you want to get involved in the podcast Gosh. and appear, true though, uh, and uh, appear on the show, get in touch via social media. We're always looking for new voices, male or female, uh, young or old. Get in touch, and uh, yeah, we'd love to uh, have you on the show. For now, though, goodbye. So there we go then, pre-season is done, the discussions have taken place and all that we do now is sit watching the clock, waiting for Saturday morning to arrive so we can head for Salford and kick off the brand new season. Thanks as ever for your company on tonight's Mansfield Matters podcast and of course the Mansfield Matters podcast panellists too. We'll be back 
next week, either Wednesday or Thursday, we'll let you know on our social media channels to discuss all things Salford and then look ahead to next week's game too. Yes, we're getting back into the swing of things. A little bit of a reminder of how the Mansfield Matters podcast will work this season. There'll be a podcast in between every single game in the middle of the week. There'll be an extra podcast if there's a game on a Tuesday night and that will be on a Sunday. Don't know if we're going to call that the Sunday sermon yet. Anyway, I'm rambling. Don't need to ramble. Shut up and get on with it. Uh, Also, uh, thanks very much, I hope, uh, for all your nice comments uh, on the commentary situation. I'm actually recording this voiceover at the end of the show before I'm putting out the news, but I'm sure that you guys will have sent in nice comments. Well, if you haven't, then um, basically um, you... (laughs) <laughs> that's all that I need to say on that one uh, now I'm sure they've been fantastic comments really enjoyed doing it absolutely heartbroken like I said earlier in the show to not be doing it uh, next season so if you do see me um, in the stands in the away end at Salford on Saturday and I look a bit miserable and, and generally annoyed that's because in my heart I'm over the other side of the ground in the press box but I am delighted to be there and I will be cheering the stags on and I'll have my colours on as well looking forward to uh, watching this season um, unfold and hopefully celebrating a promotion at the end of it Uh, that is all we've got time for tonight as I said my thanks to everybody on the panel my thanks for you guys getting involved as well we'll see you again next week where hopefully we've got our first three points on the board come on you stags let's do this Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.